0: Well, there's a lot of shame wrapped up in the topic shame. Today, we are going to use this episode to talk about how to shake off the shame game. My name is Christy Browning. I am a motivational, inspirational speaker, author, and coach. And when I surveyed my fans and followers about topics they would like to see us cover and discuss, shame was at the top of the list. So hang with me today. We're going to talk about some practical and tactical ways you can beat the shame game. It's really no surprise that in this day and age, Us as women especially struggle with shame. Everything is polished and filtered and perfect that goes up on Facebook or Instagram or we see in any sort of photographic evidence of someone's life. It just seems perfect. It seems like all is well. Everyone's got it together and you're sitting there in your stained ripped t-shirt and yoga pants thinking, I am such a mess. But whether it's comparing yourself to what you see on social media, uh, or it's just living with your own self and knowing that you are flawed and and imperfect, shame creeps in. I mean, it can come in through the front door, back door, through the window. I mean, it gets in and it can break into our thought patterns, into our hearts, to where we feel as if. There's no way for us to live up according to everyone else's ex- expectations or even our own wishes for what we want in life. Shame's the thing that can really leave us shackled to our past, to our mistakes, to our failures, and we can be continually labeled and held back by that, by that thought process, by that belief system, and then rob ourselves of our present and our future worth and impact and significance. I have the honor and pleasure of getting to interact with women throughout the country, whether it's on stages, uh, whether I'm meeting them at a book signing, they're in my coaching community. I mean, I encounter women a lot, and especially in a Facebook community that I host and run. It's just a Facebook group. Anybody can join as long as you're a gal and you want to come in and be encouraged And in that, we have lots of conversation about different things that those ladies need. And of the 500 or so people that are in that group, when asked, what are some topics you'd like to see us cover, this uh, concept of overcoming shame was right at the top of the list. And it really surprised me at the people who wanted to talk about this were some of the people that I thought really had it together and not like they're perfect, but I thought that they had embraced Just their imperfectness, and they were okay with who they were and where they were at. And it just made me realize that we can never get lax when it comes to shame because I really think it comes in waves and at times it just like seeps in. And it's important for us to remember that, you know, we always need to be on the lookout for that shame monster that wants to take us under. I specifically think about my younger sister and my younger sister-in-law who are parents that are moms out there trying to do all the things. And they're both amazing moms and wives. And there's probably, I think, even more opportunity to feel shame when you're raising little kids because you're seeing all these other parents do all these other things. And there's such a temptation to want to mirror that and to try to keep up with it and, and to run at the same pace and in the same direction and in the same way as those other moms or other parents you've seen. And somehow they have really worked hard to just be okay with doing what they do and it being what works for them. But I'm sure that they're familiar with parent shame. (laughs) For me, shame came in a completely different format. For those of you who don't know my entire story, In a quick nutshell, um, I was raised in an amazing home, have amazing parents that were high school sweethearts and will celebrate 43, 44 years of marriage uh, this year. Amazing people, amazing parents, I had a great childhood, uh, lots of happy memories. But somewhere between... Being a teenager and being an adult, something started to shift for me and needing the approval of others became very prevalent in my life. It was something that I sought after. I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I didn't want to let anyone down. I didn't want anyone to think that I wasn't doing all the right things. And while there is some good in that, you know, to push yourself for excellence, uh, there's also a very twisted way of thinking That comes with that, and it distorts, I think, all of your rationale. Eventually, that way of living and way of thinking caught up with me. And at the age of 30, 31, I went to prison for a year um, for a fraud charge, a felony fraud charge. And it really stems from this whole concept of wanting approval, wanting applause, wanting to look like I had it all together. And what's ironic is that the opposite of not getting it together. Not being successful, not getting the applause, you know, comes with the shame of that, the shame of missing a goal, the shame of not being successful. But in the end, standing in a prison yard with a D- Department of Corrections stamp on my back and a, uh, A tag that labels me as a felon with a DOC code. uh, Yeah, that's shame. (laughs) So the very thing I was trying to avoid, I landed smack dab in the middle of um, in a prison yard in Indianapolis, Indiana for a little over a year. I know shame. And the bad part is that that kind of shame, as well as other parts of shame, follow me even today. You may feel shame because of abuse or financial Disappointment or of divorce, of, you know, not fitting the mold, not being like others, uh, whatever it is, sometimes, you know, shame doesn't end. It kind of just trickles behind us like a little cloud of dust that follows. What's that little kid in Charlie Brown, the stinky one that kind of has the pig pen, has a little cloud of dust that follows him? Don't you think shame's like that? It just kind of follows us wherever we go. And sometimes we can get a little farther ahead of it to where. There's some distance between us and shame. But if we stand still too long, we can feel as if it comes right up on us again and we just can't outrun it. That's how it feels. That doesn't have to be the way it is. But I think we're crazy to think that once we've conquered shame, it will never come back to haunt us because nothing could be further from the truth. I think that the enemy, the devil, the the universe, whatever you want to label that force as, is waiting for us to let our guard down so that it can quickly remind us of what we've come from, what we've done wrong, and to give us a reality check, if you want to call it that, to remind us that we aren't all bad, that we don't have it together. And here's all the things we've done in the past that should make us hang our head and feel not so great, maybe feel worthless maybe feel insignificant, maybe feel as if we will never be anything more than the sum of all of our mistakes. Man, that's a sobering reality when you get slapped with that. The truth is it's really not reality because we were created for purpose. We were created for truth and light and love and liberty. We were created to impact the world and to leave our mark in a positive way. The problem is we are much more comfortable at accepting the truth of shame, although it's a falsehood of shame, than we are accepting the truth that we're here to change the world because that pushes us out of our comfort zone. That makes us kind of stand out on our own and think, man, but if I fail here, here where I'm exposed and everyone can see me, well, then that's a hum- humility and and humiliation that like I don't know that I can handle. I don't know that I'm ready for that. And so shame keeps us small, it keeps us hidden, it puts us in the corner, it keeps us in the dark, and it shackles us to this very limited uh, belief system and this limited life because of it. Whereas so much of what we could do and could be and could impact would change our world and would impact lives greatly if we could break off the shackles of shame And we would push out into the world that is waiting for us to show up. It's waiting for us to say, here I am, all of my scars, all of my mistakes, all of my failures. But because of those things, I am who I am today. And let me impact you. Let me show you good. Let me give you purpose and passion and significance and love and all the things that you have to offer the world. That's when you can show up and do that. But there's always the clatter of shackles in the background, banging around, clinking around, reminding us that one false move, we're going to feel the shackle of that again. We're going to be quickly reminded of the shame and we'll be right back in that pit that we worked so hard to climb out of. And so today what I want to do is give you some very practical ways I broke through shame. Because let me tell you, being a felon in prison is one thing that really stinks, but it's even harder to be a felon in the world because not everybody else is a felon, right? (laughs) And being a felon out there in the real world, you get reminded often that there's always this kind of boundary line that you can't cross because of your felony. Um, can't own a gun. You can't just willingly leave the country. You have to jump through some extra hoops. Um, when it came to filing for life insurance, I had to answer crazy questions and go through like more of a rigorous application process because I had a felony one felony, one time in my life, they'll never let you forget it. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be a felony to get you there. Like there's lots of different things that you can feel the shame of. If someone wants to remind you of your broken marriage, if someone wants to remind you of your bankruptcy, if someone wants to remind you of the business that failed, um, of the kids that are out there acting crazy and you're like hanging your head as a parent, um, all of those things, you know, they don't have to be with a crime or a felony. Like we know shame all too well. And those are the things that keep us from stepping out and living large and living a life that's full of passion, that's full of purpose, that's full of possibilities. But let me give you some very specific things that I do. And I say do, because sometimes this is a day by day process to where I can stay ahead of the shame game. I can be free of those shackles and to live life confidently enough to come on a podcast, to write a book, to take the stage, to stand on the TED stage and give a TED talk about being a felon. That confidence is not because I brag about being a felon or I brag about, you know, haha, ha, look at me. I made it through this horrible thing. It isn't that at all. It's because me... Taking the stage, writing a book, coming to a podcast, getting on a video, and talking about it is one way I keep the shame monster at bay. But it's also a great opportunity for me to share with you the things that happen behind the scenes. If you're not going to take the stage, if you're not going to write a book, uh, let's talk about some day-to-day things that you do to really put shame in its place. One of the easiest things I think we can do to really put shame in its place, to break free from that, is to get a win. To build our confidence and feel success, we need a win. If you have felt beaten up by the world, and shame comes because of failure and mistakes, and most of the time that's where it comes from, and you feel like you are in a losing streak let me challenge you to look for a win. And what I mean by that is to find the thing you can do today. That can be a thing you can mark off the list and say, good for me, gold star, smiley face sticker, I got this done. This is a win. Because it may be just a very small thing. It may be just a very small win. But here's the deal. When we have that small win, and then we have another one, and another one and another one, those wins begin to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And as we can consider ourselves a winner in those small things, we will feel like a champion in the bigger things. And we will continue to boost and build our confidence. We will begin to feel success, which then builds our self-esteem, increases our self-worth and drives value into who we are and what we can give to the world. So what can you do today? that makes you feel like a winner. Maybe it's something as simple as getting up, making your bed, taking a shower, putting on your makeup, doing your hair, getting dressed. I mean, like for some of us, that is ginormous. But if that is you and that is a challenge for you, today do it and count it as a win. Maybe it's getting up and um, making it through your day without negative talk to yourself. Maybe it's encountering the person that makes you feel shameful and not being wrecked because of it. Maybe it's simply crossing off some task on your to-do list, making an appointment to go see a counselor because you didn't feel worthy enough of the time and attention that a therapy session would require, but you are worthy enough of it. You do deserve it and a win would be scheduling that appointment. Whatever that win is for you, look for it today. It can be something so small and minute, but it has to start somewhere. We don't climb a mountain by simply putting our boots in at the base of it and tackling it. People who climb massive mountains have all training, just this crazy amount of expertise and know how. They have knowledge in what they do, what their bodies can do, what their equipment can do, and they start small. They don't tackle the biggest mountain in the world, they start with A little rock climbing wall, and then maybe even a little bigger rock climbing wall. And then when they can conquer those, they maybe hit a little bitty, itty bitty mountain and they work themselves up to the largest mountain, right? So we can do the same process. We don't have to stand at the base of our monster and say, I'm conquering you today. Let's go with with little steps to get to that point and let's experience some wins before we really try to take on the monster. Little wins build confidence and build feelings of success and worth and value. The other thing that's really helped me is to know the truth. When we have shame in our lives, a lot of times it's because we are allowing negative thought patterns and negative uh, voices to rewire our brain structure and our heart structure. And the only way to reverse that is to rewire and reprogram our thought life The Bible talks about to take captive every thought, meaning it's an active approach to daily saying, uh, no, I'm not thinking that about myself. This is the truth. It is an active approach to saying, uh, this is one wire that's loose. And if you're like me, you have lots of loose wires. (laughs) And I'm going to take truth and reapply these wires in the right way. And the truth may mean that you're not worthless. You are valued you're worth more than precious stones and rubies. That's what the Bible says, you aren't lost and insignificant. You were created for a purpose and a plan. You aren't forgotten because he'll never leave you or forsake you. And so you have to find your truth root structure. And maybe truth root structure for you is um, in in mantras and self-affirmations. Maybe it's in reading a book that puts uh, awareness and knowledge into your hands that makes you feel empowered. Maybe it's going to a counselor who can help you untangle that knot of negativity. Maybe it's scripture and truth found in a faith that really means something to you. And maybe it's a combination of all of that. Whatever it is, the goal, the goal is to rewire your thought life and your heart to know truth and to recognize the lies, the lies that tell you that you aren't worth it, that you're insignificant, that you're hopeless, that you're a mistake, you're a failure, that you will never be anything more than those. That is lies. That is not truth. And somehow, some way, you stand in that moment and say, no. That's not true. I refuse to accept that and believe that. What I do accept and believe are all of these truths. And I would tell you, to write down the truths, create a cheat sheet of what is true, just truth statements, um, and keep it handy. Make multiple copies and stick them all over the place. Put them in your bathroom on your mirror, stick them in your car, put them at your desk at work, keep them in your Bible, take them with you when you go to your kids' soccer game, put them in your purse or your wallet. Keep it handy because when you go to do this for the first time, you're gonna need to read that cheat sheet a lot. And constantly remind yourself of what is true. Discover your truth, write it out, read it and speak it often. It's with time and practice and discipline of doing that, that you begin to rewire the structure of your thought life. Remember, this is not a one and done thing. We don't just wake up today and say, bam, I have a whole new value for myself. I have a whole new truth system for me. No, that's not how it works. It is day by day that we wage this war against negative lies in our life and our thoughts and our hearts, this belief system that has been warped and twisted. We have to reform and reshape that and it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen just one time. It is day by day by day. And for some of us, it is moment by moment by moment. Even now, 10 years later, Me having a felony creeps back into my life and it wants to tell me and remind me that I am worthless and a failure and I'm really screwed up and I have all these mistakes in my past. And there are times that it really impacts my relationships or it impacts my trust factor in other people. And I have to stop and call it out for what it is and say, no, this is not truth. And in that moment, I remember that I'm never too far away from this. I have to constantly put up a barrier. I constantly have to sharpen the sword with truth to remind myself in those moments what's right and what's not. And we're never just done. It's like someone who battles an addiction. It may be easier over time to place more space between them and the thing they're addicted to, whether that's drugs or alcohol or pornography or gambling, whatever it is the more time that goes by, the bigger that space. But they never lie to themselves. They never think that, oh man, I can just handle a little of this and I'll be okay. No. Because the temptation to suck them back into that twisted world of addiction is always there. And they're always on their guard for when that might slip in and get them. And we have to be the same about our thoughts and our truth and what's right in our thinking and in our heart life. So we're never just one and done. We need people in our paths, people that can surround us with reminders of the truth, people that can encourage us to keep pushing forward, that can tell us, hey, where's your win today? Where's your confidence booster today? Where's your truth? No, you just said that about yourself, but let me remind you what's true is this. You're having a pity party today, but I'm going to come like eat some cake with you, but then we're going to get up and we're going to move on because I'm not letting you camp out in pity city. We're not We're not staying here. We're going to get up and move. And you need people who can kind of be that kick in the pants, that cheering squad, that encourager, that truth speaker in your life. You need those people. Don't do this alone. Put people in your life that can encourage you, empower you, and inspire you for what is in your future, for what is true, not what's in your past. In the lies that hold you there. That may not be a very long list, and that's okay. Just two or three people can make the difference. Maybe it's also finding some resources that continue to put that into your life reading a book, listening to a podcast, filling yourself up with positive thoughts, positive truths. It overwrites what is wrong, what is undone, what is lies in your life. I tell this story often that when I was in prison, one of the biggest things that changed my life there, because this beating shame, this started when I was in prison. This this didn't happen once I got out and I got a job and like, you know, I was off probation and all was well. No, this process of beating the shame game happened in prison, which is crazy. But that just goes to prove that you don't have to have a perfect set of circumstances to decide that you want to change your life or change your thoughts or change your belief system because your circumstances are only what you see they're not your definition they're not your label it's just what's out there in front of you but your inward eyes your the sight of your mind and your heart and what's true in your gut that is the bedrock of truth that is your reality and that is where sometimes we get it really twisted But it was while I was in prison that I made a pact with myself that I wasn't going to let that time be idle. I wanted to start changing who I was and what I thought in that moment. And so I would go to the prison library, as great as it was, insert sarcasm here. uh, I would go to the prison library and I read every book that was in the faith based section. Now, some of those books were really great and some of them were not so great, but I kept the meat, I tossed the bones, I kept what was good tossed out what was not so great, and I learned so much there. And then after I was done with that, I moved on to books in the library that were all about positive thinking and powerful minds. So I read books like Think and Grow Rich, The Magic of Thinking Big, The Power of Focus, like some of these amazing cornerstones in self-development. I got my hands on those books, and I read them, and I devoured them, and became a student of those things I was reading. And then when I finished that and there were no more books in the religious section or in the self-development section, I moved on to the biography and autobiography section and I started reading books about people's lives that were once in shame or in the pit or full of despair or full of mistakes and then they overcame and they became great people in our community, great people in our world history, great people in our government All of these different stories, while they were all different and all the circumstances were different and unique, but they all were rooted in the same thing. They could have been kept in the pit, but they chose to rebuild, reshape, restructure their thoughts and who they were to move to the future that was waiting for them. And so I filled my mind with positive things. Now, now we have so many resources at our fingertips, whether it's listening to a podcast, watching a YouTube video, getting on positive social media channels, reading great books, going to conferences. I mean, we have everything at our fingertips to give ourselves positive things to feast on that will continue to eventually wash out, wash out that negativity. If you had a big bucket and you had poured water in the bucket and poured black dye in it. Black dye would make the water dark and foggy and cloudy, and it wouldn't be clear anymore. But that doesn't mean that that's forever the way that water has to be. If you were to pour bleach into that water, enough bleach would eventually bleach out the black and leave the water clearer. Now there's still evidence of the ink in that water. If you were to take some of that water out and maybe do some little chemistry test on it, you could probably still see some of the particles of black ink in that water. It's never gone, but it's definitely not what is prominent when you look at that bucket. You see clearer water And for us, that's what listening to positive things or putting positive things in our life does. It doesn't lead us down a lie that, oh, that didn't happen. It doesn't wash away any mistakes or consequences or failures or things we've done wrong. That's still there, but it no longer is part of our description because enough positivity washes out negativity. And we can change the way we think and the way we feel and the way we talk to ourselves and then act based on the positive things we put in ourselves. The last thing that I did that really changed the shame game for me was I learned how to talk about what was wrong or what was happening in my life. I remember coming home from prison and I had maybe uh, been home just a couple of months. But while I was in prison, I had this revelation and I believe it was totally a God-given vision that the rest of my life I was meant to speak on stages and to write my story, Uh, not to glorify my mistakes and failures, but to help glorify God, but also to teach people about second chances and redemption and revising their own lives. And so um, there were people in my circle of influence that knew I had that goal and that vision for my life. And so I had the opportunity shortly after coming home to uh, be at a women's event and tell my story. And I look back on that now as a speaker who's got almost 10 years of experience under her belt speaking on all kinds of stages and in all kinds of venues. And I think back to that first night and think, oh man, that was really, really rough. (laughs) It was definitely not polished or perfect at all, but it was just an authentic uh, storytelling session, honestly, of of what I went through in my story. But it was shortly after me coming home. And I say that to say that there is never the right time to tell your story, meaning you don't have to wait and do quote unquote penance for so long before you now have the freedom to talk about it. The more we talk about the things that are not right, the more that we talk about the changes we're making, even if we're not done making them yet, the more we talk about our evolution and our process and our redemption, the more power we give to the victory part of the story. It's when we choose to stand quietly that we continue to be held as a victim of our circumstances. But choosing to break the silence and share our journey with someone gives us victory. Now, you may not want to start a podcast channel to tell your story or take a stage or write a book like I have chosen to do, and that is okay. But you can begin to tell a friend, tell your Bible study group, tell your kids. Tell family, tell friends, tell people that you encounter in your circle of your honest journey, and it will make a difference. It not only makes a difference in you as a victor in that story, but it becomes a beacon of hope for someone who's also going through their own set of circumstances. Now, this doesn't mean that you take to Facebook and air all of your dirty laundry, Uh, No, it doesn't. Even when I wrote my book, I didn't tell every sort of detail because it's just not necessary to get the point across, right? Uh, You have to use a little discretion and be a little mature in how you decide to share that with the world, but share it because what was meant to keep you in the pit is also meant to be your platform, and if we choose to make it your platform and not your pit, then you become a victor. Then your mess is your message. Then what was meant to be your test is now your testimony. And you have a way to take what was meant to hurt you, harm you, and hold you back is now a chance to offer hope and healing and a positive outlook for someone else because they can see in you your perseverance, your stick to itness, your chance to change your life and to make a difference and significant uh, impact in the world around you. Otherwise, if we all just continue to stumble in our own darkness, then there's never any progress there. There's never any chance for us to step into the light and then share that with anyone else. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to stand in the midst of all of your flaws and all of your imperfections and say, here I am. Here's all of these things that are not so great. Here are all the ways that I fail and make mistakes and screw up. But in the middle of that, there's beauty. And there's a journey that can help you, that can encourage you, that can empower you to pick your own self up and take the next step and the next step. And the next step. And somehow when we become advocates of telling our story in order to help someone else, it's like we link arms with everyone that hears it. And we are no longer just one person walking towards our goal line. We become a force linked together, supporting each other to make sure everyone meets the goal line. When I get on and share my story in one of these podcast episodes, or I take a stage or I sell a book, that is actually what I feel happens. I feel this supernatural linking up with your heart and mine and your mindset and my mindset. And together we step out to say, hey, things are not always perfect, but I'm not here for the perfection. I'm here for the story. I'm not here for a small living. I'm here to be significant in a way that says, hey, I'm real, I'm flawed, but I'm on my journey and I'm moving forward. And today I'm choosing to believe these truths about me. Today, I'm choosing to say I get to win, not lose. Today, I'm going to show up and be thankful and grateful for the successes that I had today and the things I'm looking forward to tomorrow. And with those thought patterns in mind, I'm going to continue to feast on good things so that eventually I overwrite the negative and become a powerhouse for truth and a beacon for those who need to see it. girl, y'all know I'm a church girl. So I come from that, you know, amen, you know, charismatic type of world. I could have easily launched into a sermon in that episode and given you all the things. <laughs> uh, and maybe you kind of caught some of that in my my voice and in my passion for this topic, I do believe in it so strongly. And I do believe in so much of our stories are meant to help build and shape us, not shackle us. And they're meant for us to utilize uh, as a tool to help others around us. If not, then it's all in vain. If you want some more help on this, uh, I have some free resources that are attached in the show notes of this episode that will help you discover some truth that will help walk you through some fears and negative thinking to boil down what is not right and what is not true and replace it with truth. And to help change your thought process and give you some powerful tactical ways to start implementing change in your own life. So head on over to the link in the show notes um, or at christybrowning.com. You'll find the link for the podcast there on the website and get that resource to help you out. In the meantime, if you know of someone who really, really needs to hear this message, please share it with them. Let them know how they can find the Livery Vice podcast. It's on every podcast channel out there, so they just have to search for it. Or you can take a screenshot of this particular episode and share it with them on your social media channels in a private message. But tell somebody that this is here for them if they need it. Let them be encouraged, empowered, and inspired to live a different life and to no longer be shackled, but to be set free to tell the story we all need to hear And so not only do they change their lives, they change the lives of others. They'll be forever grateful because you gave them this. And I will love you dearly for choosing to share my message with the world. Thank you so much for listening and we will catch you back here on our next episode.